So next up, we talked about the Autoxenoses branch. Now let's talk about the Automaliuses, the Grey Knights. The Grey Knights are a secret and mysterious chapter of Space Marines, specifically tasked with combating the dangerous demonic entities of the Warp and all those who wield the corrupt power of the Chaos God. Now these guys are really special. They were created by the Emperor himself with the aid of Malkador the Sigillate at the time of the Horus Heresy to serve as humanity's greatest weapon against the threat posed by the existence of Chaos. So their Primarch is actually technically the Emperor himself. And they even have his gene seed implanted into them. So these guys are really uh, special. <laughs> and yeah, as mentioned before, they serve as the Automalius, the demon hunters who form the oldest branch of the Inquisition. In order to help them with this, they got a lot of special stuff. Namely, something special to do with psychers, the Grey Knight. Every single Grey Knight is a Psyker. Every single one. These guys have like the greatest count of Psyker units in the army, with possibly the exception of the Thousand Sons, which I'll get to later. Every single Grey Knight is a Psyker, and a pretty powerful one at that. Um, the other thing that's really special is that they have incredible willpower, um, to this day, there has not been a single Grey Knight that has fallen to the powers of Chaos. They have a perfect record when it comes to Chaos, which is good, because you kind of want your Chaos Hunters to be resistant to Chaos. And jeez, could you imagine if there was like a traitor Grey Knight? That would be huge! That'd be terrifying. Now, the existence of the chapter is virtually unknown outside of the Inquisition and the highest echelons of the Imperial Adepta, and is a well-guarded secret enforced by mind wipes and even assassination of Imperial citizens if necessary. They are very secret. Unlike almost all other Space Marine chapters, the Grey Knights don't follow the tenets of the Codex Astartes in the matter of force organization. Due to the unique manner in which the Grey Knights are recruited and trained, each warrior progresses through a series of preordained ranks and will operate in a particular squad led by an individual or a higher rank, rather than being assigned to a particular battle company. These squads may be called upon to act independently from the main body of the Grey Knight force and have to operate at full efficiency even when light years away from the rest of the chapter. As such, the Brother Captain, who's the leader of each Grey Knight squad, is obeyed immediately and without question by those under his command, which probably helps with the lack of chaos. When people follow your orders without question, it's uh, very difficult for things to get corrupted. So yeah, now the thing is, funnily enough, the... So, if the Sisters of Battle aren't the least popular faction, the Grey Knights are. It's like, at this point, it's one of those two that are the least popular. For the longest time, it used to be the Dark Eldar that were the least popular, but the Eldar have kind of gotten a little bit of an update of the Yanari, and because of that, the Dark Eldar have become a lot more popular lately. So now, the 
least popular would be either the Sisters of Battle, who haven't had an update in like 12 years, or the Grey Knights, who, from what I've heard, have really stupid rules uh, on the tabletop, so not many people actually want to play as them. But next up, we're going to be, we talked about the Grey Knights, now we're going to talk about the Imperial Knights. Now, remember when I was talking before about Titans and giant mechs and all that? So the Imperial Knights are also mechs. They're piloted robotic combat walkers of medium size in the service of the Imperium and sometimes the Adeptus Mechanicus. Just to give an idea on how big uh, the Imperial Knights are, uh, they could crush probably like an Orc Warboss or a, or a Space Marine um, uh, Primaris or something like that. They could crush a Dreadnought, probably, in their hands. They're, or maybe not that big. But they can crush normal-sized troops in their hands. That's how big they are. And to give an idea on how big the Titans are, um, the smallest class of Titan, the Scout-class Titan, is probably twice as big as an Imperial Knight. Now... Each Imperial Knight is piloted by a single human warrior drawn from an ancient feudal aristocratic culture that stretches across the galaxy. Um, however, a Knight is smaller and less capable in combat than the Titans. Uh, knights normally deploy in squadrons comprised of several uh, Imperial Knights. These ancient battlesuits stand uh, 9 to 12 meters tall are protected by nearly impenetrable ion shields and armed with a devastating array of heavy weapons. Imperial Knights are colossal war machines that tower over the battlefield. They're propelled into battle by powerful servos and have the power to kick over tanks and crush soldiers into red paste. Uh, vulnerable limbs and joints are protected by sweeping armor plates of adamantium, yes, that exists in 40k as well, and supported by an incorporated ion shield which responds to the thought commands of its noble pilot. The presence of just one of these towering engines of destruction is enough to change the course of a battle, and only the titans of the Adeptus Mechanicus are more feared by the enemies of mankind. Knights are not mere war machines, but relics from a lost age, armored giants from a forgotten era. One does not drive such an heirloom, it must be bonded with. Only a noble from an ancestral knightly house may have such an honor. So yeah, as far as I know, these things are... Yeah, they're not as powerful as titans, but I think the trade-off is that they're more numerous, or they can be remade. I don't think they can be remade, actually, but um, I think they're more numerous. And maybe uh, the Imperial Knight pilots are better trained because it's like they spend basically their whole life uh, bonding with it. Whereas I think, I think with Titans, it's a little bit less of a demanding uh, thing. But next up, we've got the Officio Assassinorum. Now, these guys aren't exactly a whole faction in and of themselves. They're kind of more like, uh, you can put like one or two of them in your already existing army if you want. But unfortunately, 
they're not their own faction, which is a shame, because if they were, I would definitely be playing as these guys in the Imperium. The Officio Assassinorum is a highly secretive agency of the Imperium of Man's government that employs different temples that train human assassins to further the goals and protect the security of the Imperium of Man. Although the Inquisition strikes fear in the hearts of all Imperial citizens, loyal and corrupt alike, the deadly disciplines of the Officio Assassinorum strike fear in the hearts of even the most savvy, battle-hardened of Imperial warriors. These are your super assassins. They're typically deployed alone wherever feasible, having been trained to operate extensively behind enemy lines with no support. Given the sheer potential political power of this Adepter, and the fact that its operatives are known to have been used against rival High Lords of Terror in the past, the authorization to assassinate a target must come from the very highest echelons of Imperial Command. For this reason, Assassins are watched very closely to make sure that they're actually under the control of the Imperium. Almost nothing is known in Imperial databases about the locations of the six different temples, except that they're still located somewhere on Terra, save for one temple, the Eversaw Temple, uh, which doesn't maintain a single headquarters and instead keeps its operatives in cryostasis on a variety of secret starships and space stations that are scattered across Imperial space and maintained on high alert for the assignment of a mission at any time. So, the main temples of the Officio Assassinorum dedicate themselves to different forms of assassination. The first one is the Calidus Temple, which I believe is exclusively women. Now the Calidus Temple, or Calidus Assassins, are trained to essentially infiltrate enemy lines and eliminate people of interest using uh, a special polymorphine drug which allows them to chain, basically shapeshift into any humanoid that they want. So their deal is, uh, is infiltration basically. You then have the Vindicare Temple, which is actually, you can play as a Vindicare Assassin in Dawn of War, when you play as the Imperial Guard. These guys are basically super snipers. Uh, they will, they're well known in uh, sneaking around, uh, and cloaking and stealthing and all of that, to get to the most advantageous positions, and when they are in the most advantageous positions, they've been known to wait days or even weeks before taking the perfect shot. These guys are the most patient people in the entire galaxy because they can wait for weeks just to get a perfect shot. The aim is to kill the person with a single well-placed bullet, so it's got to count. And then once they're done, they basically just warp away, uh, never to be seen. It's as though they were never even there. So, if the Calidus is like, uh... If the Calidus is like a, uh, a spy in TF2, the Vindicare is a sniper. Next, you've got the Culexus Temple, which, in my opinion, is... Like, these guys are probably my favorite. These guys specialize in hunting psychers. Now, the special thing about the Culexus assassins is that every single one of them has this special thing known as the blank gene. They're known as blanks, 
which means that they have absolutely no presence within the warp, and as such have no soul. Now, because the warp kind of... Uh, it's a kind of field that envelops all living things. That means that somebody who's a blank is uh, seen as, even to a normal person, as kind of like, uh, like kind of scary. Uh, for a Psyker, however, a Culexus assassin is seen as nothing less than pure evil. Like, it's like they're just looking at a void with them. And the thing with the Culexus Assassins is that they've been able to train their blank state, their blank uh, status, as being able to essentially uh, really mess with a Psyker's powers. Uh, you like, they can target one and they just get bombarded with negative uh, warp energy. So yeah, it's not just that warp powers don't affect them, they actually effectively weaken a Psyker with their presence. Uh, and considering how powerful Psykers can be, that's a pretty huge loss. And then eventually when they're weak enough, the Culexus Assassin comes in for the kill uh, by draining their life force from them. Even to the Imperium themselves, they are viewed as probably the most dangerous of all the Assassins, uh, just by how scary they are, and that's why I like them. But they're not considered the most gruesome. That award would have to be given towards the Eversaur Temple. Now the thing with the Eversaur Assassins is that they basically get hopped up on all of these drugs that are intended to put them in, like, a permanent, like, berserker rage, as well as enhancing their physical and psychological capabilities. Then, when they're all hopped up on these drugs, they will put them into cryostasis and just sleep. Until they get called on for a mission, in which case they get dropped right into, right behind enemy lines, woken up, and then them in their full-on berserker rage will just start killing everything in sight. They will just go on a massive rampage behind enemy lines, killing everyone. The Eversaur Assassins very rarely have just one target, and usually it'll just be whoever is in that organization. So yeah, these guys don't have a really fun life, but they go on rampages whenever they're brought out. So if I were to go really simple, uh, the Calidus Temple is Spies, the Vindicare Temple is Snipers, the Culexus Temple is, like, Anti-Psychers, and the Eversaw Temple is, A, there can't be any witnesses if everyone's dead, and let me tell you, all of these assassins look so cool, they look awesome! I think the Culexus and Eversaur Assassins in particular look, like, outstandingly awesome. This is why I would want to play as them, because they're just all so cool. It's a shame that they're not really their own faction, though. Kinda sucks. But you know what is a really good one? A little one called the Adeptus Custodes. Uh, fun fact, the Adeptus Custodes are the faction that Henry Cavill primarily plays 
Yeah, bet you didn't know that Superman likes Warhammer 40k as well. Yeah. These guys, uh, the Adeptus Custodes, or just known as Custodians, are responsible for protecting the Imperial Palace and protecting the Emperor of Mankind's actual physical body, as well as serving as his most important emissaries, his companions, and the keepers of his many secrets. These guys are kind of his closest friends. They are an elite cadre of genetically engineered transhuman warriors who are even more potent in combat than the Space Marines are. To give an idea on how powerful these guys are, they are to the Space Marines as the Emperor is to his Primarchs. Uh, a custodian is to a Space Marine what a Space Marine is to a normal human. So, you know how normal humans, it's like they see a Space Marine in action and they're moving so fast that, like, they can't even see what's going on? Yeah, that's how Space Marines see custodians. These guys are really dangerous. They represent the mass-produced, genetically engineered soldiers of the Imperial... Oh, Space Marines represent the mass-produced, genetically engineered soldiers. The Custodians are a force of individual warriors, each a bastion in his own right, and a sentinel of unmatched capability and singular purpose created to counter any possible threat. These warriors have stood in the presence of the immortal Emperor of Mankind since before the time of the Unification Wars. That's how old these things are. Before the Horus Heresy, there was the Great Crusade. Before the Great Crusade, there was the Unification Wars. We're talking about even before then. For 10,000 Terran years and more, the Custodians have stood watch over their Lord and Master, serving as the Emperor's personal heralds and Praetorian bodyguard. During the Great Crusade, these resplendent warriors guarded the Emperor wherever he went and swore to give their lives to protect his. After his incarceration in the Golden Throne following the Horus Heresy, they've taken a far more limited role in the Imperium of Man. Despite the fact that these guys are like the best warriors the Imperium have, they almost never leave Terra, and only very rarely are seen outside the Imperial Palace, as they watch over their recumbent master and patrol the precincts of the Emperor's Palace, ever vigilant of threats. It is only the Adeptus Custodes who decide who may enter the Sanctum Imperialis of the Emperor at the heart of the Inner Palace, and when they may do so as well. These guys are very, uh... Their numbers are limited. I think it's mentioned that there's only ever been like, uh, like 10,000 custodians or something like that at any given time. Which, in a, you know, in a galaxy that spans across multiple planets and even solar systems, just 10,000 is a, like, 10,000 is a tiny number. Considering that there are probably like billions or even trillions of Imperial Guardsmen, but they make up for their lack of numbers by each individual custodian being a one-man army. Like, I think there's been stories of custodians that have uh, charged into battle when there's only like three of them, 
or when they're outnumbered like 10,000 to 1, and they manage to win with zero casualties on their side. These guys are monsters. They are insane. And if I were to, like, to be honest, if I were to play as, uh, as the Imperium of Man, I probably wouldn't. But if I were, I would want to play as either the Imperial Guard or the Adeptus Custodes. They are awesome. Or the Officio Assassinorum if they were actually a proper faction. But alas. Now, here's the thing. Now, the, pr the only weakness that the Custodes have is the fact that there are no Psychers. None of the Custodians are Psychers. Uh, none of them have the potential to be a Psyker. So what do they do if they encounter a Psyker? Well, that's where we get the Sisters of Silence. Yeah, that's right. The Sisters of Battle aren't the only all-female faction. The Sisters of Silence are an all-female order of Imperial Witch Hunters tasked with hunting down rogue psychers and other psychic threats across the galaxy. They also help to enforce the Imperium's rigid laws on the use of psycho powers. The Sisterhood, the Silent Sisterhood, was most active during the time of the Great Crusade. In the wake of the Horus Heresy, they became far less active in Imperial affairs to such a degree that for most of the last 10,000 years, the Order was wrongfully believed to have been disbanded. Yet, the Sisters of Silence have recently returned to prominence in the Imperium of Man following the birth of the Great Rift and the start of the Era Indomitus. Now, the Sisters of Silence's original purpose was to hunt and kill rogue human psychers whose activities presented a terrible danger to the people of the Imperium and to oversee the teeth of psychers from every Imperial world to terror. Uh, they have a lot of different names. The Silent Sisterhood, the Witch Seekers, the Pale Scourge, the Soulless Ones, the Null Maidens. That's actually a pretty cool name, the Null Maidens. The Irene and the Daughters of the Abyss. Uh, they were once the militant arm of the, uh, of the um, Imperial Guards Telepathica, and were referred to internally within the records of the Adeptus Terra as the Departmento Investigates. These guys really like their Latin. Uh, riding the dark void between the stars upon the dreaded black ships during the Great Crusade, the Silent Sisterhood was the enforcer of the Great Teeth, known by some as the Psychical and the Hunt That Never Ends. Each one of the warriors of this order are blanks, just like the Kalidas, a soulless being who inspires dread wherever they walk. The Sisters of Silence's primary base of operations was the Soma Citadel of Luna, the moon of Earth, our moon, basically, which was maintained by the ancient Celentine cults of gene engineers who had long governed that world. Now, fun fact, originally, before the Horus Heresy, the Sisters of Silence were actually allowed to wander around the Imperial Palace however they wanted, just like the Adeptus Custodes did. Uh, but ever since the Horus Heresy happened, the Imperium became superstitious and fearful of the unknown, and as such, the Silent Sisterhood was cast out. 
they had disappeared from Imperial history for nearly 1,500 years until the Imperium faced annihilation at the hands of a massive orc warg led by the warlord known only as the Beast. The last vestiges of the Silent Sisterhood would play a key role in defeating this warg and diverting disaster. Although they were officially disbanded after the 36th millennium, many enclaves of the Silent Sisterhood still fought for the Imperial cause, albeit in a more secretive and elite capacity than before. And with the resurrection of Robot Gilliman as the Lord Commander of the Imperium, the Silent Sisterhood has begun to serve more openly alongside the Imperial military forces, so things seem to be looking up for them. So yeah, pretty much, if you're an Imperial citizen and you're born a blank, uh, there are two things that can happen to you. If you're a man, you're probably going to join the Culexus Temple. If you're a woman, you're probably going to join the Silent Sisterhood. And the Silent Sisterhood works quite often alongside the Custodes, because as I'd said before, there are no Psycho Custodes. So the Sisters of Silence are kind of the perfect foil for any, uh, any psycho threat that the Custodes might have to deal with, that they can't deal with with just pure, awesome golden armor and all that. And yeah, that's all the other major factions. Um, now, I, th I believe... From what I have seen, uh, the custo some of them, like the Custodes and the Mechanicum, kind of have their own sub-sub-factions within them, but uh, I might leave that stuff to another episode if I choose to. Um, for now, though, uh, this has been going on for quite a while, so I reckon I'm gonna I'm a call it here, guys. Um... But yeah, that's all the other Imperial or Imperial factions. And now that I'm pretty much done with the Imperium for the most part, uh, I'm going to try and look towards other stuff other than Warhammer for a little while. I will come back to it, and I will talk about all the other factions. Don't worry about that. Um, but just to keep things a little bit varied, I'm going to... I might go back to Fallout Boy, because I've kind of forgotten about them ever since their first album. But yeah, in any case, uh, thank you very much everybody for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed, hope you found it informative, uh, entertaining, hope I you know, was able to occupy your train ride or whatever you do with this podcast. Um, but yeah, hope you enjoyed, and I will see you all, hopefully. I really need to stop saying that. I don't see any of you guys. I I don't know what any of you guys look like unless I've told you like in person, in which case I knew you beforehand. But like I will talk to you guys in the next episode, which will hopefully come next week. I make no promises, but regardless, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. <laughs> Hope you guys all enjoy the rest of your week, and as always, have a good one.